0: And also just starting. Like, I think a lot of people have ideas and they wait for the perfect moment. Like, it has to be this time in my life when I have this thing. Like, there's no perfect time. Like, just start. Like, do one thing a day. I remember when I was working, I had, like... like Yeah, it's...
1: Amazing to meet you. You're one of the people who are um, remarkable in the community. I mean, I've kind of been part of your journey back and forth. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> Thanks for having me, Hussein. Um, I really appreciate those kind of words. Um, you know, it, overall, I'm very, very grateful and happy. Um, definitely been a bumpy, you know, last few few months. Um, but I, I'm, I'm all things considered, doing well. Doing
1: well. Cool. Cool. So. Tell us about Van VanHack and uh, maybe take us back to how the journey all started, even from your early entrepreneurial stints until today. What are the key milestones to get you to Van VanHack today?
0: For sure. Um, so for me, kind of the journey goes all the way back to my first memory, actually, of my life, which is um, immigrating from the Soviet Union. Um, uh, this is a city in Siberia, in Siberia, where I was born in the Soviet Union in 1991 to, to Israel um, when I was two and a half years old. And that kind of, I guess, fueled my life in terms of being an immigrant uh, ever since I can remember. And um, also um, having to adapt and kind of figure out a new place. Uh, and I, shortly after that, we moved again to, to Vancouver, uh, Canada when I was five. And, and uh, when I got here where I, where I live now, uh, Vancouver, um, really from a young age, saw the value of entrepreneurship and, and, um, you know, was the lemonade stand, uh, kind of guy who <laughs> did all sorts of things to try and get some money, you know, my typical, <laughs> I, I guess my parents had the typical immigrant story, um, then not too many uh, extra resources around the house, no allowance, et cetera. So I had to go kind of make my own fun that way. Um, the goal was always to get enough five cent uh, money to make, uh, to get five cent candies or play video games like arcade games Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter. Um, so did a bunch of things like that. Went, uh, Very door, modest door. goals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess back then you just wanted like, you know, five cents was a big deal. 10 cents a quarter was huge. Um, <laughs> um and I remember, yeah, just, just trying to different, different things And my parents were always really supportive with that. Um, so then, uh, I guess like the next kind of entrepreneurial thing, um, was, uh, I started swimming. So I, I became a competitive swimmer. I started swimming when I was eight kind of for fun and then became more serious around 10 years old. Um, and that really, Instill this kind of work ethic and, and uh, goal setting and these kind of things. Um, and outside of that, I still had like odd jobs here and there um, until until the university, um, where uh, I got I went to school in the U.S. So I kind of immigrated again. Um, and with your
1: family, or you just went to school on your own?
0: Uh, just on my own. So oh, okay. so I got into UBC um, uh, first year, and um, I I had a couple friends who are the swim team at Cornell in in, in New York and in, in upstate New York. Uh, and they told the swim coach about me. And so he sent me a letter saying, hey, like, we want you to come to Cornell. And I thought, oh, you, you can't transfer into the Ivy League schools. And he said, actually, no, you can. Um, and so you can go from your first year at UBC to your second year at Cornell. And that really was like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. And I thought about it a lot and I said, you know what, I'll, I'll apply and see what happens. Um, and <laughs> I ended up getting in on a condition that I take biology and calculus in the summer. Um, so I ended up taking those two courses at Langara in the summer. Um, and I'm not, I'm not very good at math. So like, I barely passed calculus. I actually didn't even know if I passed calculus when I went to, to university. So like, I got on a plane and flew to the other side of the, the continent, um, oh, wow. without knowing that I actually got admitted. So if I failed that class, they would probably kick me out or I don't know what they would have done with me, but I, I barely passed. And anyway, that's the, that's the getting into Cornell story. Um, so yeah, that, that was really exciting. Cause like it opened up the world to me. It was a, a school that was very, very international people from all over the world. And also I got to do the business program. So I actually majored in marketing and entrepreneurship at, at Cornell and met a lot of entrepreneurs. There was a kind of um, like uh, entrepreneurial speaker series happened every Monday night. That's a course I was taking. And I got really into social entrepreneurship in that time as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I guess um, another thing that kind of happened is during, during uh, university, I got into multi-level marketing which I think a lot of people give a bad rap and it's like a lot of negative stigma about pyramid schemes and you know, try and sell you these, these uh, products you don't need. But what it taught me was um, the kind of the value of sales and um, goal setting and um, just like positive thinking. And you know, the best thing about it was like all the content and books that you got to read, like uh, th- Magic of Thinking Big, Thinking Grow Rich, um, a bunch of them. And, and yeah, that didn't work out in terms of like a business, but I got kind of learned from it a lot. Um, And then my senior year at university actually quit swimming and did a project to uh, climb Mount Kilimanjaro to uh, do fundraising for charity and that was a kind of a um, alternative winter break program that um, was very entrepreneurial like it wasn't we weren't really like trying to, it was more of a nonprofit angle, but I had to recruit um, and build a team uh, raise money to be able to go to Africa. And um, like take people on their journey literally to the top of a mountain, the tallest mountain in Africa, um, which, which was a super exciting, very stressful <laughs> um, uh, experience. And go to, I can go more into details than that if you like. Um, but uh, yeah, I, that, that kind of um, was, was really rewarding as well. And um, it, it got me to um, kind of get, uh, like, it, it helped me get a job uh, later on uh, in Brazil uh, where I moved to after university. And again, immigrated to another country where I didn't really speak the language and know that many people. And so I worked for a mining company of all things. And it was much more because I wanted to go to Brazil than to work for a mining company. <laughs> Although, you know, it was a really good, it's a you know, great company. Um, but the I realized, I realized quickly that I'm not meant to, to work for like it was the world's second largest mining company over hundred thousand employees. So it's like not really my place to be, <laughs> a much more small startup, a kind of moving fast person. Um and also I wasn't working in like a sales role. It was more like operations and um basically a glorified audio, auditor. Um and, and um long story short, I you know quit quit that job and we started uh, moved to Rio uh in February 20 uh 2012, 2012, eight years ago now, uh, almost nine. And uh um I started working as a startup accelerator there. Um and that's where I got really into startups, like officially like the startups, the tech scene um and that that uh was an awesome experience it, I, I learned you know what a pivot was lean startup all those kind of things eric reese what a landing page was online marketing um software like what what's ruby what is php what is code like i had no idea and um that type kind of was when the original idea for fat Hack started because um i had started a course to help people move to brazil a lot of people were asking me how to move to brazil and all my my brazilian friends were saying i had to help brazilians move to canada Um, so I had that in the back of my mind when I moved back home um, after not succeeding in the startups in Brazil and uh, I put up a landing page that just was like uh, if you want to move to Canada uh, or actually originally it was just one city if you want to move to Vancouver and you want to learn how to code sign up here and it was all in Portuguese and very poorly designed and and, uh, with with spelling errors (laughs) but people uh, signed up and actually who signed up was not people who wanted to learn how to code but it was actually people who already knew how to code but wanted help with English and resumes and that kind of thing. So that's kind of the, the er, like early days of Van was, and we still do. that, have like a online school to teach developers soft skills. Um, anyway, I, it's a very, very long overview of, of kind of my life journey. Um, but uh, that's kind of how it got to the beginning stages of Van Hack.
1: Very interesting. It it sounds like you you put up that page and you're you had a different intention, but yes, people mistaken that intention, which led to the business, which is very interesting. Um, so curious, you you went to Brazil and and you worked at an incubator. Did you know Portuguese uh, l- l- at the time, or was it in English? The, uh, <laughs> the incubator. Yeah people, always, because,
0: yeah. yeah, people always ask me like, why, it's like I remember one time. Um, so between my uh, senior year of university, between graduation and, and going to Brazil, I actually got to go to um, Israel for ten days on a program called Birthright. And um, this guy I was talking to was like, okay. Tell me, like, what well, how's it like? We just we were just chatting, and he's like, Okay, so you're going to Brazil to work for a mining company. He's like, have you ever worked with mine, mining before? No, have you ever, like, do you speak Portuguese? No, like, do you have any like experience in management and leadership? No, like, why do they hire you? <laughs> and, um, I, I guess, like, yeah, I got I, I just jumped in, you know, and actually, at the time with Valley, it was really, I was really lucky because. Um, they, they helped me with Portuguese. Like they hired a Portuguese tutor for me. I was part of the special program where there were 16 Brazilians, two Canadians, a guy from Colombia and a lady from Indonesia. And the 16 Brazilians were like our, our lifeline um I, I remember literally going to uh restaurants with a um with a dictionary like back in 2010 2011 they're really like i didn't have an iphone or whatever so um i i i looked up i remember literally looking up in the dictionary i want to have dinner at a sushi restaurant <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah things like that and just I, I really like languages though like i i speak russian and and, and uh, ever since i was a kid i used to speak hebrew i forgot it but now you know, English, and I learned a little bit French immersion, a little bit Spanish. And so Portuguese was was like a fun challenge for me. I looked at it that way. And um, the way I looked at it actually was like, I was getting paid to learn Portuguese, like it was awesome. Um, and then with the incubator, um, most people spoke English there, because it was mm-hmm. very like, like, they, it was very much trying to be like the YC of Brazil. And they took very educated, like, you know, in Brazil, it's kind of like, if you have money, then you can pay for English tutors and, and, and kind of go to the best mm-hmm. universities. And it was a lot of those people who ended up getting into these programs because they really want people with like the high, um, like good experience and, and things like that. I mean, there, there's a range of people. Some people didn't speak English very well at all, but most people spoke pretty good English and it was OK.
1: Interesting. When you came back, when did you come back to Vancouver? What year was that? Canada
0: Day 2014. Wow, so July, interesting. July 1, interesting. 2014, yeah. 2014
1: is the year I came to Vancouver as well. <laughs>
0: cool, cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny, like when I came back, I kind of felt like I was coming here for the first time because I had been out of the country for, first or the city for seven years, like three years for university and four years mm-hmm. for Brazil. And I kinda, i felt like, you know, probably, I mean, definitely not exactly how you felt, but I had my family and some friends here, but I, I kind of felt what it was like to be an immigrant here. I was job hunting it sucked <laughs> so yeah um,
1: how many how many job interviews have or job applications have you have you put in let's see who, who did hire
0: oh uh you probably did more than me i i don't remember maybe two three hundred i i don't know probably well, less actually than
1: very maybe similar maybe i hundred. i did 200 i did 200
0: yeah yeah, yeah. well i didn't I, i'm just making that number up because it's so long ago i didn't count but it felt like that it felt like i just it sucked <laughs> like especially before because i knew i was coming to, to vancouver um like two or three months beforehand Um, so I was living in Sao Paulo at the time and I was like, okay, we're going to go back to Vancouver in July. Um, and so I had, I was interviewing or sorry, sending email, uh, sending, sending, uh, jobs, like doing job interviews, sending, applying for jobs during that time. And, uh, and then after when I arrived as well, um, and it just was like so painful because like, yeah, uh, (laughs) job hunting is just really, (laughs) especially in another country, right? Like you're not there, you can't go to the interview person. Um, there's a lot of problems there so you so, lived yeah. kind of the
1: experience that the developers that yeah, you're helping yeah. right now right. kind of went through yeah. you came back with no intention it sounds like to to build a business you just wanted uh-huh. to find a job at, at the very beginning yeah. how did you come like what changed and uh, to start van hack uh or to start a business what is it just because you couldn't find a job
0: no uh, no I, I got a job i didn't like the job i got, I got a job <laughs>
1: what job did you get <laughs>
0: Well, the first job I got was uh, actually I have to be very grateful for the first job. Both the jobs I'm grateful for, but the first one especially uh, I was with a company called Secla. That's a, it was a it was an IT consulting company. Actually, mm-hmm. the, the the owner of that job uh, of that company uh, was now an, an investor, uh, Fred Rigo. He's an investor in that Oh yeah, yeah.
1: of course yeah. I know Fred. Yeah, yeah,
0: he's he's uh, pretty well known in the. He's start a great meeting. guy. Yeah, really great guy, and he took a chance on me. He's you know like I didn't really know me well. He's like okay here here like I'm giving you a job, but um you know the the so that was really great, and actually, because of that job, I was able to propose to my, wife, my girlfriend, or then, then now wife, and because I had like, okay, I have a job now, I can actually, <laughs> um, you know, ask ask for 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 um, yeah, to get married because otherwise it, it, would, it would have been bad. Anyway, um, <laughs> so that job was great, um, but at the same time, it like from from the culture and like people and everything, but. Um, I I needed something that paid me a little bit more you know Vancouver rent is not is not low or um, so um, I I went and worked at Best Buy in the e-commerce department selling uh, stoves and and things and uh, microwaves and appliances online which was definitely not what I wanted to do (laughs) but it was a cool experience and um, and after that I joined Spring which was much more exciting Um, but with VanHack and just to answer your question like it, it, it it wasn't really like I was like trying to start a business. I just wanted to do a side project to make some extra money. Like I, I had been working in startups for the last two years or almost two years, and I had always wanted to do my own business ever since I was a kid. When people would ask me, like when I was, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up, I, I would just say a businessman or or you know something like oh, wow. that. I didn't really know what what that was. Um, sometimes I would be uh, smart ass and say I want to be rich, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which yeah, uh, you know, ten year old Ilya. Huh? Um, anyway. Um, that, that that that's kind of just because i grew up poor so i didn't want to be poor anymore um but yeah the 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 idea for van hack was more just like let's do a start project and maybe it'll pay for our rent um like maybe it will help me pay my rent and, and then because i had gone through so many startup failures like in, mm. in brazil i really like i just had a terrible experience i had a, a week where i didn't have any money because my credit card was cloned and it just like i got fired from my startup like I, I, it was a terrible experience And so I was really low, like low in my confidence. Not, I was definitely not thinking I'm going to start this like company that's kind of like go go places. It was more just, I let me just start another project because I just like starting projects.
1: Mm. I can relate to that. It's it's very interesting that that you gone through. You you bring a different journey or a different perspective on the journey of an entrepreneur. It's not. It's not always you know, thought through, like, you know what, I'm going to start this company is yeah. going to be a billion dollar business yeah. and I know exactly what to do. Looking at it from from the starting point, it doesn't look like a like a paved you know, <laughs> pathway no. to, to what no. you what are some of the challenges that you faced when you first uh, kind of started Vanhack um, uh, and and kind of, you know, made you question or, and you overcame it regardless.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To to your last point, I'm, I'm, it brings back the uh, you know Airbnb, which just went public, right? Like how they they just thought they would start something for designers to help rent uh, couches mm-hmm. or, or mattresses. So and then that goes to much bigger things. I, I I think it's some sometimes it's nice when it goes that way. So you you kind of are a little bit more um, low expectations and <laughs> just kind of do stuff rather than having it all planned. Um, yeah, so the biggest challenge uh, is uh, was, was um, uh, in the beginning was the fact that we had four, four co-founders um, at, at the start, me plus three other people. And um, I had, um, I guess, mistakenly given everyone the same amount of equity. And uh, that caused a lot of stress in the first year because clearly like the other three people are not as engaged and serious about the company as I was. Not that they're bad people. It just, I was much more like, this is my kind of, driving force, so I'm the CEO, I wanna make this happen night, day and night, 24 um, seven, especially early on, like it was, it was my life. Um, and and like uh, the first person clearly like two weeks into it, she wasn't a fit. So we just kind of let, let her go. And, and that was really hard. I remember like not be able to sleep the night before I'd never fired anyone on the call. She was like, Ilya, just get to it already. I know, you're, I know what you're, <laughs> you're gonna do. Like I, I was more scared than she was um, to let her go. Uh, and then the second one was a little bit more complicated and three more, more complicated, like a lot of stories and details, but basically it just was, was it, it basically put everything on pause like and it was a huge distraction where I could have just like maybe given them equity, but made it vested or, uh, you know, thought out of other ways. I guess I couldn't. Oh, really it wasn't vested. It was, they had the yeah. equity already. Yeah, they had the they equity. Already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it, it was also complicated because they were in different countries. So we had two people, me me, and one person in Canada, and one person, uh, two people in Brazil. So like, what are the laws uh, for that? You know, I, I, who, who enforces it? And um, it just became really like a huge stress point and and distraction. Um, And and one thing I I definitely, you know, uh, like had to work hard to overcome. Um, And, and uh, yeah, like I always say, it's ironic, like we're a HR tech company, human resources, we help people hire tech talent, and hiring has been the biggest challenge for us. (laughs) So, you know, hiring is hard.
1: Uh, the, where's Where's Van Hack today?
0: Uh, yeah, so today we're I, I guess um, uh, have one hundred ninety four thousand uh, people in our talent pool from over one hundred fifty countries. Uh, work with about six hundred companies from mostly North America and Europe. Um, some exciting names like uh, RBC, Lobla Digital, Deloitte, um, Skip the Dishes, etc. Some pretty cool companies um, and. Also, um, I guess uh, about 40 people on the team.
1: Wow, how does it feel?
0: Uh, it's funny, like you think I'd be sitting here jumping up and down, everything's great, but there's problems all the time, <laughs> all the time. Um, and, and I'm definitely grateful, especially now kind of coming to Christmas and the new year, You know, recording this, I think December 15th, right? So yeah. um, it, it, feel, it feels like you know, a good time to reflect and look back. It's been a really hard year with COVID um, when you're a recruiting company and everyone is you know letting go of people on their teams it's 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 not a good time to be in business but uh, I think now we're kind of at a really interesting point where um, I feel like we're kind of firing on on all not all cylinders but like pretty close to it where we have a really strong product um, good processes in place great leadership team um, we have you know kind of have a proven brand and, and some really good reference customers and I think we've figured things out um, and now I'm just excited to kind of like how far can we go and just you know, push things a lot more next year? Plus, I think the, the macroeconomic changes of everyone being much more open to hiring remotely has been really good for us. So we, we are now starting to work with companies that otherwise just never would have worked with us because they're saying, you know what, I'm going to hire someone in, you know, I'm going to hire someone in Toronto. They're going to work remotely, so I might as well hire and at least like open my mind to people from from everywhere. Um, so that's been good. But yeah, definitely day to day. I'm one of those people that's never satisfied. Like I always want to go to the next step and it's a blessing and a curse because, you know, you're never really like fully like, okay, great. Everything's great. But at the same time, uh, it lets you get to the next step uh, and not kind of stagnate.
1: And who, who are some of the people you mentioned, Rodrigo as one of the people who cheered you on from the start. I remember having conversations actually with him about you as well. Mm. And uh, who are some of the people that cheered you on along the way? And how important is that?
0: It's critical, like 100% critical. Um, well, first my family, my, my wife, by far, um, you know, the most important, um, uh, i say especially my wife, because like, she just like, had helped with so many things and she's one, one of those people. I kind of joke it's like Paul Graham and Jessica Livingston or maybe that's how I wanna see it because you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of YC and startup world and Paul Graham's on for like the product and business and growth kind of person. And Jessica Livingston is more the like HR, making sure people can work together kind of person and she's very good at like spotting when there's problems before i am um so and, and also just supporting me and every time i have problems so just like i think that for sure
1: is she involved um, in the business
0: right now she's on mad leave we just had a son um he's 4 oh, months
1: congratulations
0: yeah thank you so much yeah um so so she, she, but she 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 is yeah she she's um she's involved um uh, even now she's involved um but uh yeah so then the next person i would say is, is keith from spring um uh, keith abell um, he, he, uh, like I said, spring was my, it was actually my last job, uh, ever like last form of employment, hopefully, um, you know, for, for, forever. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, he, he was one of those people who, when like, even when I moved to Vancouver, like, you know, we, t- how we talked about moving to Vancouver in 2014, like, yeah, I'm sure you reached out to a ton of people on LinkedIn and uh, yeah. asked for meetings stuff. So he was one of the only people who actually accepted that meeting with me and, uh, recommended me to a bunch of companies, and then uh, when the time came, he was looking to hire someone for a sales position, and he reached out to me, um, and and was a great change from 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 Best Buy as well as um, he knew about Van Hack, and so he really let me like run that and um, gave me a lot of advice. Um, a lot of the first kind of companies that hired Van Hackers were spring companies, um, so yeah, that that was really really great. Um, he's uh, awesome.
1: Yeah, he's a great guy.
0: Yeah, I th- I, I honestly, I think he's probably the most like, one of the most underrated people in, in the city because like, he doesn't really talk about himself a lot and he's, like not really like promoting himself, but he's like probably made more connections and directions than, <laughs> than any person. Keith <laughs> if you're listening, thank you um, <laughs> than, than any other person um, in, in the city or one of like the top uh, X percent. Um, yeah, uh, then we did we, we were lucky enough to get into our, could work at Launch Academy. So Ray at Launch Academy was super helpful as well. We got to use the space there um it was great um and yeah I, I guess another cool thing that happened with us is that we got into start chile um and we got to move we moved down to, to santiago chile yeah, um, i remember you moving
1: there i remember yeah, that yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and it's one of those programs that people don't really know about but it, like it's forty thousand dollars of equity free funding and that's like a good amount of money and you get to live in chile and meet all these other companies from around the world who are also there having the same experience and for me mm-hmm. it got me out of my like bedroom office <laughs> and working on an ironing board uh, as my desk to uh, like a really cool co-working space and really good community of people like the YP- people from YC came down, people from Techstars came down that led to us getting into Techstars in Germany. So that was a really cool program as well um, that helped out a lot in the early days too.
1: You ended up being like traveling to all these places. How did that help you? Uh, really build a business that help people from connect from all over the these places does it give you like close bring you closer to them Um, Mm. how does it help you
0: yeah so i think in the beginning we were super super focused as just being like the brazil helping people from brazil move to vancouver we were like extremely focused too much almost because we got we started getting known as the brazilian recruiting company and that bothered me because like, I don't want to be just a company that helps one type of, like one nationality of people mm-hmm. get hired. And I don't want them just to come to Vancouver uh, or just one city. Um, so by going to Chile, we got to really like, we opened up um, the, the candidate side to people from all of South America, then eventually the world. We, we went from Portuguese to English and um, that was really helpful. And then we got to work with uh, companies in Europe because some of the companies that from, were from Chile, we're also like we're from Finland, so that we're in Chile. We're from Finland and Sweden and different parts of Europe. Um, and then um, during that time, we actually used some of the forty thousand dollars to go to Web Summit uh, in Lisbon and got Farfetch, which is a you know multi-billion-dollar e-commerce company, to hire developers. So we're now bringing developers to Portugal uh-huh. and, and Europe opened up as a market. So um, yeah, like going and then and then we went to Berlin and really expanded in Germany. Um, and so Van Hack, like our business is very much like. It's, it's I, I wanna be like the world's largest international tech recruiting company so we can help anyone move to anywhere. Um, and right now we're focusing on countries that have um, uh, really like progressive and fast tech visas and high demand for, for talent uh, as the destination countries. And then the like, kind of talent side, the so supply side of the talent uh, is countries where there's a lot of talent and not such good quality of life. So that's kind of the, the, the equation. I think in the future that'll change to like anyone wanting to work anywhere um so you know we'll see how things evolve but yeah the, the travel um was was really good because like we got to live in germany and grow in the german market like there's no way me staying in the vancouver in vancouver with a nine-hour time zone like i could never sell to german companies without going to their office and and working there we got to work with soundcloud zolando a lot of like big german tech companies or fast-growing mm-hmm. startups as well uh, booking.com and amsterdam etc um yeah. And uh, I think that also allowed us to like, it's because it's a flywheel, right? Like the more companies you have on board, the more interesting jobs you have, the more candidates, uh, you know, get attracted, the more candidates get attracted, the more jobs you can have. So, um, you know, marketplace uh, dynamics. Um, yeah, it really, really helped. And of course, on the personal side, like um, we, I think we timed it pretty well, because we, we kind of stopped traveling in March, 2020, uh, right when the pandemic hit, because um, like, that was the the last time that my wife was Pregnant. Yeah, she was like four months pregnant at that point, which is like right at the time where you can't travel because of pregnancy. Um, so that kind of worked out. But we spent from 20, 2016 uh, till, yeah 2020, like three and a half years, um, like on the road in one way or another. So, yeah, um, now it's really nice to stay at home and chill, <laughs> but uh, it was a good experience.
1: That's great. Would you say Vanhack is is a marketplace? Like, do people sign up and the company sign up or do you facilitate the process Mm -hmm. Uh, between them
0: i would say it's like a managed marketplace um it's Mm -hmm. not like 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 i think there's different levels like you can go all the way from like the uber you just press a button and you don't care as long as it's a car that has four wheels and the windows work and like there's a basic standard there (laughs) uh all the way to like i don't know um, maybe um, another other marketplace that's important, like very managed. I can't think of one, but like one where it's like you need to have the exact right type of person. Like maybe like a Zillow, or like where you have to do a lot of inf- like buying a house. Right, there's a lot mm. of different um, um, things you have to go through, and you might want to talk to some agents, and you know, take a take a take your time there. Um, so there's there's those kind of two extremes. We we like to be maybe maybe in the middle of those, where it's like you're hiring a developer. It's usually someone who's like part of your core team, really gonna impact your business, part of your culture. Every hire matters, a lot of customers for us are startups. So we really want to have that by glove approach um, and use technology as much as possible. Um, for example, we just launched interview booking on the platform so companies can, like a lot of these features are, you know, helping augment the human time. So humans don't have to spend time like rescheduling interviews. Mm-hmm. They can spend more of their time really getting to know candidates, getting to know companies, helping negotiate salary, like expectations when offers are made, et cetera. Um, yeah. And then, of course, making the move and helping people relocate.
1: Is it fair to say that you are developer friendly? Because that's how it sounded to me most of the time when I heard you speak and when you presented about, about VanHack in many different settings uh, that yeah. I got a chance to. The, so I, I, I got the sense that you are more developer friendly, that the, uh, there is some understanding of what the developers have to deal with and, and kind of where they come from. Is that fair to say?
0: Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I, I think that um, we started off as a school to teach developers English, soft skills, and we very much see ourselves as a community more than anything. Like the community, the, the we, we call our developers van hackers, right? It's not just, it's not a candidate, it's a van hacker. And I think that's a very big difference between us and like Randstad or Adeco or, or um, you know, Hayes and Robert Half and all these kind of larger or any recruiting company, really, um, because like we I think our, our candidates are not just going through a new job. It's like a huge life transformation. Like you and I both know is you know, when you immigrate to a country it's, it's everything changes. The food, the weather, exactly, people, yeah. language, you know, <laughs> um, everything. And so um, that, that kind of, I guess, approach to like being as supportive as possible. Like the way I look at it is it's a race to see who can be the most helpful. Um, and, and so Van Hack can be the most helpful to the most people, uh, most, most you know, tech professionals around the world um, and 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 that I think is just going to get more and more. Like, we will help them in the future get get a house to live when they move, or open a bank account, or get a doctor, or put their kids in school, or um, all these things. Like, I mean, one day set up their furniture and, and with an from IKEA. I don't know. Uh, right now we pick them up at the airport, or at least before COVID we did. Um, and we do all the other community things too. I guess yeah. So developers are the core of our business, and um, you know yeah, I developers are amazing. Yeah, I, we're, we're friends. <laughs>
1: So one of the things that that I'm curious about and in your journey is from the start of Van VanHack uh, being that landing page and being an, an extra project to, you know, generate some money, which is which is great. That's a lot of things start that way. Yeah. How has your relationship with the purpose of the company and what it stands for changed along the way? Mm. Because now you're leading a company where you have other people, not just you, not just your drivers and your experiences as someone who immigrated, who learned, you know, from all of that and have that perspective. You have to kind of have that perpetuated among the team so that they have the same passion about it. How has your relationship with that purpose changed and how do you make sure that's instilled into the team right now?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you hit on, on the nail on the head with that question. Is is that's the biggest challenge? Is is building a team of people. And again, it comes to that question back to hiring is hard, and, and even for us, who's a recruiting company, it's hard to recruit. And um, I feel like um, these days, like really, the what is the business? It's it's a database and a you know a website and um a team of people and that that's the biggest factor is like the the people on our team so me that's been the biggest challenge and journey and learning that i have had to go through is how to become a better leader how to become a better manager like even building the executive team i I remember back in 2018 that was like we didn't have an executive everyone reported to me i think we were 15 people at the time and i was going crazy Um, and so we built in the executive team and that was a huge step and then now we have like this amazing hr professional mayara helping us uh, actually a part of our team um, and and we have the like the 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 idea like the the uh, read the book five dysfunctions of a team actually over the weekend and talking about like having the first team very good book leadership team yeah and 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 so all these kind of things I guess is 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 really my focus now um of course you know still want to drive the business and grow and and all those uh, you know get on sales calls and all these things but um really it's about culture and team and instilling it. And how do we actually do that? Um, I mean, we have a set of, of our, our values that we, we hire from. I think everyone says this, but like we really do believe in them. Um, and we we also look for people who have had immigrant, immigrant experiences, like international experiences, that's a big thing. So when we hire people, um, you know, we look, have, you don't have to necessarily be an immigrant. Like we hired a head of sales who's Canadian. She's just grew up born raised here, but she did semester at sea and lived in 40 different countries like, or traveled to 40 different countries and had, had that international experience. And just someone who has that, I think is a, is a big thing mm-hmm. for our, for our culture who can empathize with the candidates. Um, and then, yeah, you know, just, you have your interview process. We just, we, we implemented top grading recently as well, which has been good. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, just, always improving and learning and growing from, from every single hire because um, it, it makes a huge difference. And the cost, I mean, the, the worst, the, the biggest thing is people don't think about it is like the cost of a bad hire, right, like, mm-hmm. and it's not just for tech talent, like anything, we, um, we, when you make a hire mistake, it's, it's like time, money, energy, like culture impact, there's just so many things that go through it. So um, yeah, we really try and walk the talk and be a good hiring company um but of course there's still a lot of work to do
1: that's great and you say you you said a little bit about um how uh, you what you you wanted more like you're not you're not settled right now tell me a little bit about that about the that entrepreneur in you that is unsettled with what you have right now I mean a lot of people would look at what you've achieved so far and think of that as like wow that's a, a great success you're one of probably the leading companies in the space uh, and growing in a good way monitoring your journey um but you're you're you seem restless when you, when you say that like you want more what does that sound, look like and and well, what looks like
0: yeah i mean i guess i just know that we can do so much more right like mm-hmm. there's no reason why we can't be getting 100 people hired every single month like there's there's just no reason why that can't happen and I, the way I see it is like, I talk to our candidates every day and I just know there's so many more people out there that need like to, to have the help that we can give them. Um, and there's so many companies out there that want to build amazing products, but they don't have the right to talent. Um, so I, I just see the problem like so clearly. So I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to both those candidates and uh, those companies. If I just said, you know what, like, we're going to stop. We're okay here. Like, well, so of course, like there's motivation to be more successful and, um, you know, revenue and stuff like that. But um, for me, it's like, yeah, I, I could just stay where I am and have this, but it's like, you know, grow or die kind of thing. Like if, if we don't go forward and make it happen, someone else will. And um, yeah, I think that another, <laughs> another cliche, only the paranoid survive, right? Like um, that, that's how you have to look at it because you can't take anything for granted. Like once you start saying, oh, you know, we're good, everything's fine, like, no problem. We only made X amount of hires this month, and that's not a big deal. Then then it just, it just becomes, I don't know, like, it just, I think things just start, it's momentum, right? And momentum goes both ways. Um, winning teams keep winning, and losing teams lose confidence, and, and just lose, and start, and, and everything goes away. So for me, it's much, it's, it's, it's. I very much feel like it's, it's early days, and I Clearly see the pain on both sides. Like I see um, companies saying, "Hey, I need to hire twenty-five Python developers to build my product because if I don't, then my competitor will, and I'm, you know, in, in trouble." And I see thousands of developers who say, "Hey, I don't want to be living here. I want to be living in, you know, Vancouver, or I want to be working for a company that's much more like modern infrastructure and and, and architecture and programming languages." So anyway, um, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of the the what keeps me going?
1: What do you say is the the main components of taking an idea that was a side project to to making it happen, like making it a success? What, from your perspective, would those components that if you haven't done, um, you would have not made it?
0: Um, I think early days is just talking to customers um, um, a lot. Um, super classic advice, but it's true. Um, yeah, like, and also just starting. Like, I think a lot of people have ideas and they wait for the perfect moment. Like, it has to be this time in my life when I have this thing. Like, I, there's no perfect time. Like, just start, like do one thing a day. I remember when I was working, I had like with my best buy in, in spring, like I would do even like 15 minutes of work on Vanhack in the evening or just like some little thing that I could do every day to consistently make it happen. So um, yeah, I think, I think that's probably the biggest thing is just people have it, there's two, two in their head. They have to they say, okay, I need to have um, the perfect, I don't know, co-founder, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or I need to have uh, the perfect uh, X idea or, or I have to have everything, all the stars aligned and then it'll work. Like that's completely, you, you, you start doing it and then the stars align later on, um, if you're lucky. So, or, you know, you keep trying, going and going. And, and, and like, yeah, like for me, Van Hack was definitely not the first project I worked on. And um, I, I just think like it just was a culmination of many things like trying, failing, learning, trying, failing, learning. So yeah, um, but the biggest thing is just like, it's throw up a landing page, build it. Like there's all these no code, like if you're on a developer, there's all these no code movements or, Webflow, bubble, et cetera, build a simple Shopify store, put something out there and, and go. Uh, and then another thing I would say also is content. A lot of people don't take that seriously um, and like creating content all the time. It, it's so important. Um, and I think that it, it, helps, it helps a lot. Um, so, yeah.
1: You have Vancouver in the background. yeah and uh and i'm i'm very tempted to ask you this question so i'm gonna ask it you having lived here coming here as an immigrant when you were younger and then leaving and then coming back again and having that experience of starting here again um what are the good things about vancouver that got you to where you are and what are some of the not so good things that kind of came in the way in your words
0: um I mean, there's so many good things. Um, so I'll contrast it with my experience in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of a little bit of it has to do with the fact that I'm not Brazilian and didn't grow up there. So that kind of made things a little bit more challenging, but I felt like when I was living in Brazil, there was all these things put in the way uh, for you to have success. Like even just opening a company takes three weeks You need a bunch of lawyers and it's really difficult. Um, just, I just i don't know i felt when i was there i was pushing things uphill and there was always just, just like a lot of challenges um and maybe that was just my experience and i'm sure i have a lot of friends actually who've done really really well and, and have like very successful companies there um so it's not necessarily brazil it's just it's hard it's hard place to do business let's put it that way hmm. um people are great, great community awesome but just hard place to do business um on on the other side when i came here you got like futurepreneur, you got all, all the accelerators, all the meetups, uh, people are like, you know, wanting to help. Um, very, very like, I guess, world-class. I remember like the second week I was here, I was at a meetup with Ryan Holmes and the guy, um, Jack from Newton from Clio. Um, they were on stage talking about like getting investment. And then like, I got to ask Ryan Holmes a question and that was so cool. Um, yeah, uh, that, that I think has been, it's, it's really, really great. Um, Things that aren't so good i don't know i've heard from other people that it's a little bit hard to break in to vancouver um i did feel a little bit like that even like i felt kind of like i said immigrant in my own city um but once you kind of meet one or two people like ray and keith and you know other people um it, it kind of starts flowing um john gray was a guy as well who helped me a lot in the beginning when i came back anyway um so yeah that might be a challenge that people see but I wouldn't let that stop you and just like it just takes one or two people who say, you know what? I'll, I'll let me help you and point you in the right direction. Um, so I, I think it's a fantastic place to, to start a company to live. Um, and uh, these days, like you see what's happening with California, right? Everyone's leaving. Um, so it doesn't really matter where you are. Um, so I would just say optimize for the city that you love to, you want to live in and, and, and then like everything else kind of will, will be okay because, You'll be in a good place of mind. You'll be happy, whether that's Vancouver or you know anywhere. Um, and then you know you can do business pretty much any, anywhere in the world these days, right? So,
1: like in your own words, when you said, "Don't wait for the stars to be aligned. Take take a yeah. few steps, and the stars will align." Oh, yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool. Um, fi- final kind of couple of questions. Mm. Uh, what I'd, looking back, and uh, you've had some some hard times. Uh, you mentioned about sometimes like for was it a week you, your credit card was copied and you, you couldn't you couldn't use it so yeah. you, you didn't have any money you, you had the ups and downs you you were in in new places on your own sometimes done not low in the language so of course you had the ups and downs what would you look back and say to to yourself or anybody who's who was like you in these situation what you now knowing what you know now right now what would you tell them what things would you have them do pay attention to and uh, get them to be at ease as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess what, one thing I'll say before I answer that is like, I am super lucky because no matter how difficult situation I was in, I could have just called up my parents and be like, Hey, I need help. And I, I, I didn't do that all the time, but like, you know, actually I didn't really do that. But like when I came back to Vancouver, for example, I, I moved back home with my parents and they helped me out a lot, which I know a lot of people can't really just do. So even though I did have the ups and downs, there was a support network that I have that I think a lot of people don't have. I'm super grateful for. I just want to be like cautious of that and not just be like, oh my God, like there's a lot of people have it worse than me. I guess is my point. Um, But definitely it doesn't mean that it wasn't, you know, hard and stressful and depressing in those difficult times. Um, Yeah, I think uh, it's hard, right? Like what I I, I would say, um, I think like kind of, maybe high level or kind of simple things would be like yeah like things things will get better it'll get better you know just be be patient and calm and stuff like okay um but i think more like um i would just say like like you, you you do a lot of stuff and you don't know whether it'll go it'll be good or not and so at times like a lot of times i feel like i'm working on something and just like oh is this really gonna work out or not and um it's easy it's easy to just kind of get discouraged or worried or nervous about that and i would just say like just time that that happens, is like that's the time we need to like double down and just work even harder so when like there's a challenge or something like that just use that as like a way to motivate you to go forward to the next level because like it, it like the time that you have this goes by super fast like i can't believe i'm sitting here like they like you know i'm it just feels like yesterday i was back back in you know 2014. so um yeah i, I think that's kind of the, the advice it's not very good but i think that's what i would say um, i think it's i it's, don't know
1: i think it's honest i, I think that's that's what i am my intention my intention is to to give people an honest perspective of what it is it, it's not you know what it sounds like in in the books and like the, sometimes in the articles where everything seems flashy a lot of times yeah, everyday hard work and simple things. Um, I've been, I've experienced you in the in the community. Had many conversations with you. Always enjoyed having, like talking with you and experienced you being there out there in the community, uh, trying to help and, and talking and, and doing talks and stuff like that. Do you still have the time to do that? Why is this? And if so, why is this so important? That I mean, you have a company right now, um, and you it requires your attention. So.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's important to, to support the community. Like, um, I'm not going to lie and say it's all, all altruistic. Cause like every time I'm out there talking, it's promoting the Hack brand as well. And I, you know, that's an important thing as well, I, I think. So let's be upfront and honest about that. Um, but like, I, I guess it's like, it's hard, right. And, and I know what it's like to start a company and, you know, not like we're super successful or anything yet, but, um, it, it, it is a it is one of those things where um you when you see other people going through those challenges it helps you and so many people have helped me so it's kind of like a way to pay it forward um so that that's something I really you know think is important um and, and yeah like I, I I feel like there's there's some things that I know that can maybe help people out and and hopefully that you know that makes a material change and impact and that's always nice right like you see um, I always love it when you know you give them some advice, or you make some an introduction or something, and the person comes back and be like, "Oh, that this happened." Like that, just it feels nice, you know. It's it's cool. It's a cool, um,
1: yeah. What do people that um, uh, and it sounds like I'm I'm hammering you with questions, but no, it's, it's so interesting to hear uh, all of, all about your story and the things you're thinking. What do people who know you as a friend, like know you intimately and as a friend? What w- how would they describe you? uh you know that people like who know you in the community and in the startup world don't know about you you seem very straightforward and honest but we all have different sides right we 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 have our business side other sides so what would they say about you
0: yeah um i don't know um i don't know if there'd be anything different like i i guess i'm pretty like yeah i i don't know um I'm, I'm not sure because honestly these days it's like i have my family <laughs> and work and there's not much else and like <laughs> you know so it's it's very feel it feels like like my friends are kind of like the people i work with and you know i see kind of people once in a while but it's not the same as it was let's say four or five years ago uh, not because of covid just because like you know everyone's in their family bubbles and life ha- happening um yeah i i guess um I've always had this not always but like a lot of times I've had uh, this kind of like I, I put put my foot in my mouth a lot right so like I would say things or do things that like just like is maybe a little bit silly or, or like oh like what were you thinking um, and, and that goes both like positive and negative um, in, in ways so yeah um, maybe people don't know that about me as much <laughs> in, in, in the in the professional side of things but definitely growing up with like I, I I don't know I I played pranks and um made jokes and, and all these kind of you know things that that uh were maybe pushing the envelope a little bit but uh yeah i, I don't know is there
1: is there elements of that in the culture of the company where there's like fun around and, and like some pranks or some f- fun situations
0: uh not that much. <laughs> I don't know. Too busy working. Um, Too busy working. Yeah, I try and be more, you know, professional, and as well as the fact we're all kind of remote, so it's a little bit difficult to, to have that same interaction. And um, yeah, yeah. So now it's much more like let's let's be more professional and get things done. Um, I, I we do we do like, I mean, at least I think that we we like to celebrate and kind of um, promote our um, kind of the good things and the wins that we have. Um, but uh, yeah, I I, I think. Um, I, I try and bring a seriousness to, to to the job that we do um yeah
1: <laughs> cool um final question what would it be like like what is next for van hack and how how are you going to turn the whole world into this blue color when van hack dominates the world what is next
0: <laughs> yeah i've been thinking about redoing the zoom thing because it doesn't really <laughs> represent Van Hack anymore um really why not well, we're not just Vancouver, right? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're about to hit a thousand people hired. So i was thinking to put like a thousand <laughs> hires somewhere on the on the Zoom. Um, <laughs> but the colors will stay. Um, yeah, I mean, the next thing we're doing is is we're launching an applicant tracking system. So we're taking the VanHack software platform that we have and we're open sourcing it, if you will, of making it available free to the world for anyone to use to manage all their job their jobs uh, oh, that wow. they have. Um, so making that, yeah, hundred percent free unlimited users, limited jobs, unlimited candidates. Um, usually ATSs can be between five to 10 K a year depend- or more, depending on the size of the company. Right now we're, fo- we're, launching it focused on like early stage startups. Um, anyone who's using spreadsheets or notion or air table to manage their, their job applicants, um, or just like has them all on LinkedIn or indeed in different places and don't have a centralized repository. That's what we're launching. And that should be ready in, in February. Um, so that's kind of the next thing. And, and, um, and then in general, we just want to do what we do bigger and better. Like I don't really see us having that many new, new kind of business models or products, but it's more just like connect, making more and more connections.
1: That's fascinating. And what, what drove that movement? Where, where, where did that come from?
0: Um, well, the, the ATS just came from talking to customers and and kind of seeing their problems, um, and then wanting to create a product that people can use when they're not like, um, hiring. So something to keep that hack as top of mind. So if you're using that, like the Vanhack ATS to hire for sales roles or marketing roles or, um, you know, other roles on your own, um, you kind of will log into Vanhack and think of Vanhack next time you want to hire a developer. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that's the idea. So hypothesis. We'll see how it goes, um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're we're working on launching that in early 2021.
1: Fascinating. I wish you all the success, Ilya, and uh, look forward to to kind of touching base with you when that's launched, and uh, seeing how that how that journey is going. Thank you very yeah, much. No, thanks so
0: much. Yeah, yeah my, my pleasure. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Appreciate it.